Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. Welcome to the Canadian Beacon, our first podcast show. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Craig, and this is my compatriot and co-host, Todd. Hello. And say hi, Todd. And uh, we're, uh, what would we call ourselves here, Todd? Uh, um, are we aging boomers who are fed I, up? That's, that's a good description. Uh, aging boomers or just fed up uh People of common sense that have seen garbage going back and forth day to day, and I guess it's it's nice to get uh, some news and maybe some commentary about uh, the world. You know, Canadian events. We're, we're seeing lots of stuff out of the states all the time, right? But uh, we we rarely see all the stupidity that's occurring in Canada, and uh, that's what I think we're going to be pointing out a little bit uh, here on the Canadian Beacon. What do you think, Todd? Well, I think, Craig, uh, Canada is living in the age of stupid and uh, nowhere better to start than our glorious uh, leader, uh, Mr. Trudeau. Oh, Justin, he is the guy, right? Yeah, Mr. Scandal a Week, uh, you know, saying something stupid every week, sometimes more. Um I think the one that's coming back to haunt him this week is his tweet from 2015 when he said, of course, when he wasn't prime minister, when he said, it's hard not to feel disappointed in your government when every day there's a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, those words are haunting, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really do. Do we want to do we want to go there, Craig? Yeah, it. yeah. Should we go? See. Should we start at the latest and work our way back? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really interesting thing. I've been looking at. Uh, uh, we saw our greatest, uh, our illustrious leader there doing his big uh, apology tour uh, just in the last day or so. Uh, yeah. Right now, it's the fourteenth of July uh, in the, the great year of COVID twenty twenty, and. Uh, we get to see uh, Justin apologizing for the the now called the we debacle or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what do you think of that apology? Uh, did it hit home? Did it go to your heart? Did you make you feel like a, a, a better person? Well, uh, I look at a New York Times headline uh, about this where it said, Trudeau adopts a now familiar tone of con- contrition after we charity scandal it's like he he does something stupid or immoral or unethical and then he apologizes and then he just goes on to the next thing i i don't believe a word that comes out of that man's mouth you say you're sorry it's all better now right that's how it goes yeah well yeah let's just uh carry on to the next thing yeah if i'm sorry uh it's all better right I, I think we should have used that with uh, maybe Bernardo or something. He could have done that, right? Yeah, he could have hey, said sorry and uh, let's get moving on. Or or any other criminal that comes to court uh, can just say, hey, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I don't need any kind of ramifications of my uh, actions, so I can just carry on, right? 
Well, I think as we go back to on all his scandals and uh, screw ups, you see that this man is a child of privilege. Uh, he's never really had to achieve anything. He's lived off a trust fund, had a free ride his whole life. And jobs, while we ourselves have worked at our jobs to earn a living, he had jobs that were hobbies. To, yeah, yeah, hobbies. Yeah. Yeah, oh, a ski instructor, uh, uh, school uh, semi-teacher, and with a, we, we, I guess we really can't mention this, but oh yeah, I, I believe he was also a recipient of some funds from the We Charity as well. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, this is regressing a back to our first scandal, or that the last latest scandal, uh, the We Charity, where. Uh, mm-hmm. So far, they've accumulated, according to the Toronto Sun, over $333,000 of uh, cash payouts to the members of the Trudeau family. But he knew nothing of that, obviously. Yeah, like he, mm. how close, you know, he's, he's only married to one, the other is his mother, the other one's his brother, who's also confident and, and counsel to him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he had no idea, I guess, that uh, someone was actually, they were actually getting paid. Wow, but, but you want to hear? They took a page out of the Clinton notebook. Yeah, it, it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets better. I, I was just reading an article that was uh, posted, and uh, in it, it, it gave a breakdown on that nine hundred and eighty million dollars that they gave to their giving mm-hmm. to week. And if they paid out all these uh, kids to go work and do everything, which if you look at it, violates every section of every provincial and federal labor law. Mm-hmm. If you look at what they'd have to do, mm-hmm. with respect to hours of work, with respect to minimum wage, uh, with respect to uh, uh, public holidays and annual leave and everything else, that these, quote, uh, what do you call them, uh, volunteers are being paid, it just violated every labor law in, in Canada. But, but this is the best part, $980 million. The maximum that would actually go to any of these kids, if you totaled it and they did a fantastic job and got 100% compliance, is $500 million. So we're looking at somebody in the WE organization and throughout the WE organization is profiting $480 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, four hundred eighty million dollars of our good old taxpayer money is being siphoned off somewhere within the WE organization to other people. Who who may that be? I don't know. Is it mm. that that would be one of my big questions that I'd be looking at, uh, especially concerning the facts that are that are showing up right now. Well, I think I think this is a, a common. Uh, uh, occurrence in these um charitable so i'm saying that in quotation marks charitable foundations like the clinton foundation like the trudeau foundation all of them what they do is they collect money they siphon off money and most of the money goes to salaries and perks of the permanent people in the organization and very little trickles down um to the people that actually need it Oh, almost sounds like um, the funding for Aboriginals. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, right? Where uh, yeah. you you have all that money going into a, a, a an indigenous group, and the money is not actually getting to the people that need it. Uh, they're not getting their clean water. They're not getting their social services or little's happening, but some people within that community are, are becoming very well off, which, which yes. is disturbing. And, uh, but I think, uh, within the indigenous community, I think there's a lot of work which is being done on the inside within their communities, which is a good thing. And I think they've even seen, the the, fallacy of the the Trudeau administration and how corrupt it is and how uh, n totally unbeneficial towards their uh, their people is which is a, a a nice thing that they they're seeing this oh yeah well and that's a good point because um remember when he was running for prime minister you know the little the um vice documentary with him sitting in the back of a pickup truck, going to a reservation, talking about how he's going to bring clean water to all the reserves. And here we are. It's 2020. Have they seen a drop of clean water? Yeah. Yeah. They're still all in bottled water. And, and you know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's crazy. Uh, like how, what do they have to do to help these people out? It's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh... I, 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 think it's, I think it's an example, and I think it will, uh, you know, I don't think it's limited to any political party. It's just lip service. And, yeah. And I, and I think when, you know, when we're sitting and going back, getting back to the topic of him and his scandals, he will say whatever he needs to say in the moment to get what he needs, to get the limelight to get his little photo op. I mean, he's the king of selfies. And yep, when sure. it, it, it goes off the rails, he um, does his insincere apology and then just continues on to the next thing. But when has he been held accountable his whole life? He has never, never, never been, been held been accountable his right. whole life. No, uh, you know, that comes down to, uh, again, that living that... Uh, protected and, and entitled uh, lifestyle, I guess. Uh, you remember the blackface, uh, mm -hmm. during his blackface, where he's going on about uh, when he's asked, uh, how many pictures are we going to find? And he couldn't come up with a number. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, like we grew up, we grew up in the country in a rural area in the 70s. Do you think any of us in that let's say, call it less enlightened time, would even think of wearing blackface. Not at all. Uh, and that's a good point. Uh, we have we have uh, good old Justin there <laughs> wearing blackface. And he said he's too young to know the difference, but he's in his late 20s. What were you doing in your late 20s, Todd? Uh, you're, I think you were married, weren't you? Yeah, and I... Yeah, married, you had even... kids... Yeah, yeah, you had kids. Uh, you yeah. had a stable job, I, I take it, right? Yeah, and I yeah. don't think I ever wore blackface no. for a Sikh. Uh, he seems to have some sort of cultural confusion, too, because in that one blackface picture, he's um, 
black-faced wearing a Sikh turban. Yeah, I think he wants to be Aladdin or something, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I just, yeah. I, I just see he has. Well, yeah, I mean, he just plays the part, right? He goes to India and he dresses up in traditional garb, and most of the Indian people around were going like, "What? WTF? Yeah, like, oh, what's yeah. going on here? What an embarrassment!" Well, they, they call that what cultural appropriation or something like that. Uh, yeah, or, some yeah. circles uh, from the left, left side of the political spectrum. It's okay it, when he does it, though. It's okay when he does it, but not anybody else, I guess. So, yeah. uh, that kills me, I guess. How about that political appropriation? So, if you have uh, Chinese food, is that wrong? Or, or if you have Indian food, is that wrong? Or uh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, like, just asking for a friend, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah, that an appropriation, or, or yeah. what happens? Are we stuck to, like, for example, are you, am I stuck to all my life uh, eating, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, shepherd's pie and uh, fish and chips, or, or bangers and mash? Bangers and mash, and uh, for me, it'll be either pasta or haggis. Haggis or pasta, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a mixture of pasta and haggis. Yeah, you know, yeah, pasta like, with yeah. haggis. Yeah, this so, have some. Uh, what yeah. are you gonna have? I'm gonna have it a wee bit of pasta and haggis. Yeah, because. <laughs> but you look at the audacity of the guy, okay? He, after this um, nonsense going on in the states with BLM, he c- claims Canada is systemically racist. Yet here is this guy calling us systemically racist, Mister Blackface. Mr. going to India and dressing up in traditional garb and prancing around like an idiot. His treatment of women. We yeah. can go back about his treatment of women where he calls himself a feminist. Yet, what happened to Judy Wilson Ray Borold? Yeah. What happened to that poor girl, that little uh, girl in the, in the high school? Look what happened to that girl that was in the press in B.C. when he was groping her. Look at him elbowing the women uh, on that little elbow gate thing. Like he, yeah. he, he claims what he is and he does the exact opposite. Yeah. Exact. Isn't that so common of the left uh, that they, they criticize, they, they're critical of certain things, but they, they make a point, but the point they're making is something that they're already doing. Mm-hmm. Like they uh, they criticize uh, systemic racism, and but they're the systemic racists. Uh, they criticize being uh, they claim to be a feminist, but they're the the least likely to be a feminist. Mm-hmm. And you know it goes on and on. I I remember that girl in uh, in um, British Columbia. That was a that was an interesting one. She was. Um, they're at the Kokanee Summit Music Festival, and he uh, groped her. And she was a reporter, actually. And she, he, he, his excuse was, well, "If I'd known you're a reporter, I wouldn't uh, have been so forward." Yeah, and that in was other words, that, yeah, that was right in the, uh, you know, that came out to light during the election, and that kills me that nobody thought that was, uh, you know, the left uh, said, "Oh, that's okay," right? And yeah, unless you're Trump, that. yeah. Unless you're Trump or uh, or anybody else, yeah. If you take it from the U.S. side, well, um, I don't know if it was Thomas Sowell, uh, the American uh, um, 
he's a philosopher and and writer, but he he did say like sometimes you don't even need to don't even try to understand the rationale of the left. Remember in in 1984 when they were talking about the concept of double think, when two conflicting ideas can be both be right, where okay. they claim that they're anti-racist, but then they, you know, hate white males, or, um, you know, uh, they talk about uh, being uh, feminists and going after Donald Trump for his, uh, what would you call his, uh, what's the term, indiscretions. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Indiscretions of a single billionaire. Yeah, okay. They completely ignore Joe Biden's public demonstrations of pedophilia. Yeah. Total double think. Yep. And you can't argue with that because it's insanity. Yeah, and that's the other thing is um, just arguing with people from the left. A good example is uh, involved in a deep facebook discussion with uh, a leftist on a defund the police mm-hmm. and i was sitting for giving forward the the practical uh, knowledge i have of policing and explaining to the person why it's a, a bad measure what could happen what the results are how this is and and asking for what would be the benefits and i'm trying to pit this argument across and i, I feel like i was doing a really good argument and then like a dummy, I, I clicked on this person's profile page, and it was obvious the person was a basin, basement dwelling, window licking <laughs> person. And there was basement no point troll. of basement <laughs> troll. That I, there's no point of me even talking to this person because I wasn't yeah. going to change their mind. And I, I realized that point, I didn't really care to change their mind and mm-hmm. put a good argument for it. And I just uh, abandoned the conversation all altogether. And uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, you look at some of these profiles, uh, it kind of kills you. But what, oh, was, our yeah. next, what was our other, uh, what was the second uh, thing that good old Trudeau did on the ethics, uh, from the exit ethics point of view? That um, was, well, um, we oh, that was um, SNC Lavalin. Oh, yes. Right? This is where we got jo- uh, Miss Raybould, and she mm-hmm. uh, resigned, and the ethics committee found that. Uh, there was an issue with uh, Mr. Trudeau and dealing with the SN Lavalin affair. And I think that one went beyond that. I think that went into a, an obstruction of justice, uh, from my point of view anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, all accounts, he's, he's stymied and prevented, back then with their majority government, prevented any kind of investigation, and uh, which basically is a further obstruction of justice. And oh, yeah. They, they prevented any uh, committees from meeting, or, and they, with they, their committee uh, majority, they'd uh, prevent any proper questionings or a- any proper investigation into the thing. So, right there, uh, and uh, even with that, he was still found to be uh, violating the ethics uh, under the by the ethics commission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's hilarious, but um, I'm just wondering why they couldn't bring all that back up and have a new investigation being that the committees are now, uh, basically majority, uh, of opponents since they have a minority government. 
the met the majority of members would be from opposition parties that they could vote to get these documents released. That would have been interesting. <clears throat> but See, I don't think everybody, yeah. everybody's interested in doing something else right now. Well, and, and the parliamentary system is a dictatorship. I mean, the Americans have their three branches of government, so there's some accountability between the different levels. Yeah. There is no accountability. When you're in power, and Trudeau effectively is considered a minority government, but I'm sorry, he's bribing the NDP. The NDP are getting all they want. So they're going to just toe the line. Um, because they know this is as good as it's ever going to get for them, so they're they're towing the line, and they will never they will never pull the plug on him because they'll yeah, never so have true. enough populate. Yeah, I mean that that's this yeah. is you know they're like um, they're like the ugly sister hanging around. They'll maybe uh, <laughs> get some. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Was I was that sexist? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Ugly sister. <sighs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or. Ugly non-binary. How's that? Yes, the uh, yes, uh, the ugly non-binary uh, uh, life unit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so uh, he effectively has a um, uh, uh, a dictatorship. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not even letting Parliament sit right now. He sit there. He sat there, and he spent what was it? Nearly three hundred and fifty billion more than he collected in taxes. Yep, yep, three hundred and fifty at least. Well, he's sitting. Uh, our national debt is going to hit over the trillion dollar mark for the first time. That's crazy. yes, yeah. And he was asked the question about that the other day. And an actual reporter, I've got to find this reporter because he actually asked the question and held Trudeau to it. And Trudeau's response was, um. Yeah, interest rates are historically low. <laughs> so it's, we can afford to, the, to handle yeah. the debt. That's it's a great time it's, to borrow. Yes, yeah, it's a right. great time to borrow. I yeah. think, was it, didn't that happen in the housing crisis in 2008 when people just borrowed money because they always knew that interest rates would be low? And, and then well, they weren't. <laughs> and then they weren't. And then they weren't, yeah. And, but again, no accountability He's just living his life as he always has. And he's running the government the same way he's ran his life. Like a total shit show, basically. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. we have a problem. You know, we can talk about him as a problem. But again, like Mark Twain said, you get the government you deserve, right? Yeah. And the problem is not a he. Well, he's a symptom of the problem. The real problem is our society in general. Yep. And I agree. I agree with you and, on that. And I'm going to say this. It's not true in more, more respects because, again, in my technical job, I've worked with people from all over the world. Many of them come from former communist dictatorships. And they see him as... Uh, budding, you know, they just see creeping communism coming in and he's the type of person that is going to implement it. He has no ethics. He is a statist. He has no idea on free market economics. As well, we've increased our immigration to huge amounts 
of some people that come from third world corrupt dictatorships. And even though they come here to work hard and just have a better life for them and their families, they do not recognize the level of corruption in our government because they're used to it. Yeah, the culture in general, like you said, uh, I don't call Trudeau the mayor of Can- or the, the the prime minister of Canada. I call him the mayor of the GTA. Yes, that's, that's a great. Where, that's where his support base is, right? You mm-hmm. know, and are so in love with this guy, it it kills me. I I, I was talking to this real um, left, uh, best described as a window licker, I guess, um, mm-hmm. individual. <laughs> Actually, they're not. They're a very nice person, but they just don't have any concept of reality. And I asked, I had put a question out. I said, how many um, ethics violations do we need before somebody says enough is enough? And this this liberal person said in a reply, said, I'll take 10 over eight years, uh, Jack, or, or whatever. What's the name? Uh, Alex? Yeah, I'll take eight over 10 years, Alex, or or, or vice versa. So there's a a, a tolerance for allowing these ethic, that people aren't taking these ethic violations seriously. They they, they pawn them off and they say, it's all okay. Well, like you said, like you said, we get the government, we we elect the government we want, right? Yeah, and and to be honest. um, I don't want you to be honest at all. Okay, uh, I really, I really, <laughs> yeah, you might not like here. I have uh, not much more faith in the conservatives either. The the leadership they 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 uh, exude the same sort of uh, lackadaisical, uh, you know, like they're like a bunch of you know when I see them uh, doing their um, uh, electioneering, they're like a bunch of whores. Yeah. Bribing us with our tax dollars. Yeah. And I think the problem with the conservatives is a lot of the conservatives aren't really conservatives anymore. They simply um, are liberal light. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. and, you yeah, know, it's it's it comes down to, uh, you know, the conservatives uh, show themselves very much like you said the liberal light or the as like the u.s would call a rhino or whatever yeah but yeah it's it's frustrating because all we want is a set of politicians that can actually grow a set of balls and 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 speak to things with common sense you know well and and not have to worry about placating everybody and their brother uh, and being politically correct. We want someone that will come out and say, this is the way it is. You elected me. Thank you very much. Uh, this is, this is the problems I'm seeing. This is how I'm going to correct these problems. And if you have an issue with me, we'll deal with it at the ballot box. Thank you very much. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the problem, the problem with uh, government now is in general is there's no limits on its power uh the a parliamentary democracy isn't really democracy it's a it's a dictatorship and politics politics is infested 
by people of all stripes, all political stripes that think they're going to build paradise on earth. Yeah. And the real and the reality is, is um, Churchill said democracy was the worst form of government. But when it's compared to all the rest, it's the only thing that's left. And yeah. I think the same thing could be said for capitalism. And we don't live in a capitalist society anymore. We live in a socialist society. And the problem is, is you have one third of the people in this country working for the government, one third of the people supported by the government, and the other third paying for the other two thirds. That's right. And so, unfortunately, the productive members of society are usually outvoted by the non-productive members of society. And the only way we can fix this is discriminating against people's voting privileges. Certain people who are dependent on the state will no doubt have a biased vote and look after their own interests. So two, you know, and, and unfortunately that's the way it is. And uh, this is why we end up with governments, political parties, uh, racing each other to provide the next program or the next benefit. In the end, it just ends up with more debt and more taxes. Yeah. It's death by degrees. Yeah, that's right. I kind of like uh, drawing from uh, the movie culture, or actually it could be also from the Roman culture, that, I don't know, throwing this out there, just uh, wouldn't it be a great idea to allow that you'd have to be what is known as a citizen to vote? And to be a, a citizen, you'd have to do at least two years of public service, uh, either in the military or administratively, somewhere in the public service, almost like a draft in a sense. And that's been voluntary. You can do it or you don't do it. If you don't do it, you don't receive that right to vote uh, on the way the, the future of your, your, your government you, you or the country you live in. But if you contribute that two years or one year, or you could make it however long, then you get that opportunity to vote in and be part of the, the, the political process. But if you're not interested, or you, uh, you want to stay in your basement and lick the windows, and you can do that all you want, but you can't vote. If you get a criminal conviction, you shouldn't be able to vote. You know, uh, that when I say criminal conviction, I mean, uh, as in people that are in jail at the time of the vote. I, once they get out and they're a citizen, yeah, go up, go to it. But but if you're not, uh, haven't taken steps in life to contribute to your country, I don't think you should have those rights to vote. All the other rights, I'm, I'm all for, yeah, and, uh, you know, fairness and everything else. But if, unless you're going to, vote or or be someone that's willing to step up for your country and become active in your country i don't think you should have the benefit of voting in that country that's just that's a little bit far right wing i guess i don't know but that's just some one concept i was thinking of uh people are listening to this just throw it out there what are your opinions like there's no no good or bad if if do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? I don't know. What do you think, Todd? I would, uh, I would agree. Um, yeah. You, uh, it's a harsh, 
it's harsh a harsh system but the reality is where we are headed is not a good place as it is and part of the problem is people who are um entrenched in the system vote to keep pushing us down that path that's right what you know we chronic chronic welfare generational welfare recipients um you know allowing prisoners to vote i would even take it as far as if you're paid by the federal government other than being in the armed forces if you're a part of the civil service i don't know if you should be able to vote or your vote is derated you could derate people's votes based on their connection to the government maybe if you're uh you know a welfare recipient maybe your vote only counts 10% or maybe if you're in the civil service your vote only counts 50% um but the reality is is this is also what you're talking about was written about in a book by Robert Heinlein called Starship Troopers he wrote it That's in right. the 50s he wrote it in the 50s and he predicted the sort of mess that the western democracies are in right now he was talking about it in the 50s and we were we were in that same mess and what happened is the western democracies collapse after a war with asia and the veterans took over the western governments and only allowed veterans to vote and then it continued on like you said unless you paid a certain amount of time in the service of the government you were not allowed to vote ultimately the detractors of this they'll all scream and yell because they'll talk about like in the the uh, old english uh, era where only landowners could vote and things like that well that's not the same thing what we're talking about is productive members of society who pay the majority of taxes in this country should have the say where this money is spent the people who live off the taxes of this country and i would also i would exclude i would exclude uh, clarify this people on pensions the people who have worked all their lives paid into their pension and are retired i would say no they we want those people to vote <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah you can't be dependent on the system and live off the system and expect to have input i'm sorry you're yeah, biased yeah I, I i agree with that so it makes so much sense you know I think this is a good place where we should uh, wind up today's episode. It's a lot to think about if you if you're Canadian from whatever coast you're from or from what area Canada you are. We like I said we'd like to hear from all of you. Our uh, we'll be posting our website and our our contact information uh, at the end of this uh, podcast and we'd love to hear from you and get your opinions and we'll we'll delve deep back into uh, events of Canada in our next episode. So stay tuned, and uh, there's lots more to come and uh, lots more to talk about. We will be welcoming a third uh, uh, party in the, the future, but right now I think Todd and I, uh, we have a, a pretty good grasp on what's going on politically, uh, locally, and we have some very distinct opinions. We're not saying our opinions are 100% correct. We're not saying this is the way it should be, but this is Canada where we have under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, the freedom of speech. And we, we use this freedom of speech to, to push, not to push, but to uh, 
to ex- expound and, and show our views in a in a non harmful way to society, but in an opinionated way. And obviously, we do have opinions, but again, our opinions are opinions. I don't get upset. Someone has an opinion against me. Likewise, it should be, we should all have that freedom to talk. And that's why I'd like to hear from you guys and get your opinions on what, what you think about our podcast. Take care.